Paul, we have a, um, I have a nice little reading. It's kind of, um, it's a couple of paragraphs here, and it's coming from page 69 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it states, we reviewed our conduct over the years past. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Whom had we hurt? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? We got this all down on paper and looked at it. In this way, we tried, to, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. We subjugated each relation to this test. Was it selfish or not? We asked God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. We remembered always that our God powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor be despised and loathed. Whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow towards it. We must be willing to make amends where we have done harm, provided that we not do bring more about still more harm in so doing. In other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. The right answer will come if we want it. God alone can judge our sex relation. Counsel with another person is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. We realize that some people are fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid historical thinking or advice. Uh, suppose we fall short of our chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean that we are going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but this is only a half truth. It depends on us and our motives. If we are sorry for what we have done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and we will have learned our lesson. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We are not theorizing these are facts out of our experience. All right, Paul, I think you can get something out of that today and we'll get started. Thank you very much. Hold on, let me get you unmuted, Paul. There you go, thank you. Paul Alcoholic, uh, nice to see everybody. I just don't want to, I want to just go to one point of this, which is uh, what you just read. Uh, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we are going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but this is only a half truth. It depends on us and on our motives. Most things depend on us. Yeah. That's why an action that someone would say is virtuous may not be virtuous for the person involved in it because of their, the dog's going off, but because of their, uh, where they're coming from. So it's, we give everything the meaning it has in a way. Yeah. In other words, the meaning that something has is given by us. It doesn't have a solid meaning. So not every act of service is service. Yeah. Sometimes it has a certain uh, game of lording some power over the other. There's all these flavors and shades that are brought to that, to that, let's say, thing called service by the one who's in the service. So again, the importance of our role here can't be understated. And if our facilities are taken over by the disease, like it says in uh, 
in the book that we manufacture our own misery. I don't believe we manufacture our misery, but I do believe misery can be manufactured through us. So can love and compassion and a lot of other things. Hold on one second, all right? Hold on, I'll be right back. Hey! We'll be with you in just a second. <laughs> yes. So you're there or I'm here? Yeah. Thank you, Paul. It's the one situation where it's appropriate to yell. The disciplining of a young dog. Yeah. So the point I want to get across is just that. Yeah, what some what somebody would call bad, another person would call good. Or like a lot of people's experience coming into AA, by going to meetings, you hear a lot of people share about the worst thing that ever happened to them and how over time in recovery, it's now seen as the best thing that ever happened to them. So was it the worst thing? Or is it the best thing? No, it's what the meaning is given to it by the person, us. So when we change our conditions, we change the definitions of words that we have in our life. So, uh, yeah, so this is about the sex inventory. But what I really want to do today, I just want to go over the steps quickly or just go over it. So step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. All right. Now, for some people, they've admitted that they're palace over alcohol a lot of times to get a drink of alcohol, you know. So I like this statement further on, which is there's a conceding or an admitting to your innermost self. Now, that event wasn't done by me. It was done to me. Yeah. So something struck me sober and basically allowed a clarity to happen to come around something I wasn't clear about, which was exactly this. We admitted we were powerless and are powerless over alcohol. We may still be powerless over it if we drink. That's why the solution's a day at a time. And that our lives have become un unmanageable. Now, how I see that now is when if I drink alcohol or do drugs, basically I'm apt to do almost anything. This is the curious uh, lack of recognition in our community about the word powerless, in my opinion. Yeah, because a lot of people are still being framed by the behavior that they were driven to do because the mental state which we're relying on is identified as the doer of whatever has happened through us, you know. Maybe not getting physically sick because it's too absurd, but these actions that are driven by some other force or some other influence always basically gets to commit the robbery in plain sight because there's a claiming of being the doer of it. So if we were and are powerless, and it's really true that we were going to stop dancing when the gorilla wanted to stop. Why are we still 
living under guilt and shame based on being the doer of what the gorilla did through us. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. So, And then the unmanageability, you know, I believe is caused by self-managing. So living a life run on self-will is hardly going to be a success. That could be framed as unmanageability. But it's not living a life on our will or God's will, it's self's will. So something has taken over the facility and is using the machinery of us to manufacture products that it wants to manufacture. All the while, when it comes off the conveyor belt, it says made by Paul or made in Paul. Yeah? So then... Definitely, when all the warranties run out and the exp expirations run out, all those products ha I have to be accountable for because they have my name on it, but am, but am I responsible for it? I don't see it that way anymore. So that's step one to me. So we admit we are powerless or something admits to us that we're powerless over alcohol. And obviously the dilemma is powerlessness. And why that's a dilemma is... We're not accepting that fact. We think we still got game. We still think we can pull it off if we only manage better. There are these stubborn beliefs that aren't based on truth that keep manifesting in our lives. So we finally admitted, I'm fucked, basically. Yeah? And in that admittance, power shows up. That's the beauty of it. Yeah? The beauty of it is if I stay in, in the admittance of powerlessness... I don't experience powerlessness. I experience having power. Yeah. If I res if I keep denying the state of powerlessness, I experience powerlessness every time I'm exerting power. Yeah. When I exert power and it doesn't produce what I wanted, I'm frustrated. I get resentful. I get I get a fucking a, an attitude, all coming out of exerting power I don't have. So all I need is a clarity about the condition I'm in. Not the condition of these words and shit outside, but the condition that I'm in because that condition is lending meaning to everything else I meet. Yeah? So, all right, so step two. I'm not going to go over a thorough thing. It's just right this moment I wanted to share. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could and has and will restore us to sanity. I added that stuff out because at first we're hoping something, but we come to believe very quickly. So I felt the way they describe it in the 12 and 12, I'm in agreement with, came to believe. To me, step two is an observation of a power working in your life through the auspices of recovery. You recognize, hey, I haven't drank in eight weeks. What a freaking miracle. So I have observed that a power greater than myself not even could but did and is and has restored me to sanity. And the, the, the insanity that precedes the first drink is what they're speaking about. Yeah, I'm going to be restored, restored to sanity. So maybe I'll start seeing false evidence as false evidence finally. Yeah. So step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God or a higher power, whatever, as we understood him. 
Now, if you continue, your understanding of him or it is going to change dramatically, I would feel, by having conscious contact with it. <laughs> you're going to actually get to know it instead of knowing it from you. You're going to get to know it from it. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, why is it made a decision? Why, is, why didn't they just say, hey, turn your will and life over to the care of God as you understood him? Because we couldn't, <laughs> because we were taken over by something. So something had us. In other words, uh, <laughs> there was a president of the country that we lived in, and we weren't the president. So the president was deciding what was happening, and that president was parasitical in nature and reside in the mental state. Yeah, that's the problem. So I make a decision. To, to hopefully do that or have that accomplished, turning my, one's will and life over to the care of something greater than oneself. But I can't do it because I'm not I'm under the influence of something. I may not know it. I may call it me, but it's not me. It's self. Yeah? So I make that decision, and then I launch into a course of action, step four. And then the spirit of step three really comes to become comes about in our lives and it's a sustaining spirit basically through the through the work of four through nine that's why it gives the 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 oomph to the decision yeah not the decision itself but to, to the four through nine so made a search for made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves now this is one way of looking at it I like to look at it from and it doesn't mean you the only way i like to look at it as self is what has defeated us and but and we're going to look at its ma common manifestations in our lives through the inventory process that's just how it grew to with me yeah it's very importantly different because if i keep calling the manifestations of self mine i'm going to further the bondage of self without knowing it because the bondage of self isn't to self, it's actually through the manifestations. So resentments, fears, acting out in the pursuit of what I want with, uh, with no f feeling about anyone else but my own agenda, all of that kind of manifestation, when it's claimed to be mind, will be given life, basically. So a resentment is totally different than my resentment. My resentment can seem to last for 50 years. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> wow. That's amazing life. And then a resentment, you know, usually comes and goes pretty quickly, like everything else here. So, and then the fear, obviously fear is a valid emotion. It's hopefully comes up when it's necessary, like when you're under threat. But the mental state mimics the fear with mental anxiety. And we don't even know how to name it correctly. I mean, to me, we're out to lunch. Because we call mental anxiety fear. Yet fear is a valid emotion and mental anxiety isn't. Yeah. Mental anxiety is usually based on what's not happening. Yeah. So... <laughs> How are you going to put out of an imaginary fire now, an imaginary fire in the future? How are you? What's the solution to what's not happening? It's not happening. 
How can we have the eyes to see it? By being rooted in what's happening. Yeah. All right, so step five, uh, where is it? Step five. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. That's incredibly important. I always like the idea of when there's a fifth step, that it's you, me, and that presence. Yeah. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. The, act, the exact nature of our wrongs is that they're not ours, really. <laughs> My feeling. <laughs> I feel like something has taken us over. They give it the name self in recovery, so we use that term. But I don't see how you can, unless, you know, it was a mental hiccup Bill Wilson had on page 64 where he put being convinced, which is is basically the requirement necessary, especially for the first few steps. Being convinced, self, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We're now going to look at its common manifestations. That sure sounds like an introduction to the activity of doing an inventory. I think it's very clear what the target is, and it's very clear that we're not the target. I would think us means us, and self means something else. You know, So we're looking at self's manifestations in our lives, not our manifestations. But, hey... So step five is I share with somebody the inventory, the resentment, the fear inventory, and then the sexual inventory. Sexual inventory is a little different, but I'm sure you know about the fifth column, and uh, we won't go into it here. So I share this with another person, and what happens is a lot, really. I can't touch all, but, you know, it's just an incredible relief to let shit that was in the dark storage unit out so that the light can see it, like a sanitizer. And uh, the person, it's very awesome for the person who hears the fifth step also, because they're holding the space for uh, for uh, the disease to show itself. And then there's that higher power that's going to illuminate what is of us, what is of spirit, and what is of self. And hopefully there's a recognition of how self has defeated us, you go home and you do that thing of going over your the steps you've done and feel like and see if you feel like you've done them thoroughly, and then it goes into six and seven, which to me are really the working steps. After you do the process of the twelve steps, the working steps are six and seven, really, and uh, I've spoken about it quite a lot, but. I believe now you start having the eyes to see what's yours and what's of self's. And so when self's little package arises in in the factory and there's an order for, let's say, 500 pounds of misery, you don't sign, co-sign it. You say, nope, <laughs> we're going to let something else be manufactured today. And so you start recognizing uh, the birth and the, and the growth and the possibility of self before it leads you to fuck it. Yeah? You recognize it and you bring that to step six and seven. And you humbly, you know, you're, you're entirely ready to have it reconfigured and you ask that power to do it. I find that the most uh, powerful thing in long-term sobriety, really. 
because a lot of time you keep seeing because the mental state is still there and its product is still being presented and it still has a budget for advertising so it's broadcasting its view and its vision and its product line and you need to have the eyes to see they're not yours and then bring that to that power to have it reconfigure because the energy that it's using to represent its story could be put to better use. It could be allowing an easing comfort or giving you the ability to outshine circumstances and situations right now. So it's, uh, it's like frozen energy. I'd like it to be put back into the flow, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so six and seven to me is incredibly uh, vital because more is revealed yeah as it says in a vision for us this thing is going to constantly reveal to us i find mostly what it reveals to us is what we're not it reveals to us self <laughs> yeah yeah so and then step eight is you do it you do a list based on what you came up with resentments and all these amends you may need and then the ones you didn't have on the inventory like robbing a store or shit you put that all on and you try to make the amends as best you can and when you do you usually mention the idea that you're in a program of recovery and then <clears throat> those amends that's step nine you do them and a lot of the ones i said i never do i did a year or two later in the program because the program will produce a willingness you have a willingness, but a program will also produce a willingness because you'll really see something works and there is a solution. There is a better way. And that is to, to recognize there's a lot of faith in finite self that you can't uh, move. So you admit that and you let the program move that faith to the infinite. Yeah. And so step 10 is we continue to take inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And also you can, you can write about the rights, you know, like shit, I'm feeling fucking great today. And I have a lot of gratitude and a lot of honoring of this present moment. Yeah. To the point where I don't want to, uh, <laughs> spend my time obsessed with what's not happening when I'm in what's happening. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense anymore. So the 10 is to continue to take inventory just to recognize when uh, self is still making a splash. Yeah, we have an easy way to make amends and clean it up. And, and then it goes to step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with the higher power. Yeah, as we understand him. Now, I believe the intention is to improve our conscious contact and prayer and meditation are suggestions of how to do that. I figure uh, as you continue in this program, you're going to find a lot more ways to express really, not to improve one's conscious contact, but to express the improved conscious contact. It may be through meditation, it may be through prayer, but it may be through just living your day. So, uh, yeah. And then step 12 is the agenda of recovery. Yeah. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our code. Oh, that's step 11. Yeah. 
Step 12 is having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I always like to add, well, and if you find you can't practice these principles in all your affairs, limit your affairs for a while until you can. So basically, is the beauty of recovery, it's a very uh, self-sustaining system because I need to carry the message, you need to hear it, and then an hour later I need to hear the message and you need to carry it. So this is what goes on. And uh, obviously service and unity and recovery. Service is so important because we're in an orbit, our, our interest and attention, or interest and attention has been around this mental idea of Paul with such a tight orbit. And we get to think that that's the way it is. That's the atmosphere, you know? It's sort of like, you know, being in gravity. You're, in gra you're at the effects of gravity so much as a body, you don't know. The effects of gravity. It would be nice to go into an anti-gravity chamber and then by its absence you'd realize how influential gravity is. The same thing here is this obsession with self is like this very tight orbit and service allows that attention and interest to be pulled out of that orbit. And when it does, you get a sample of, what, of feeling available and then a sense of a presence of spirit. Yeah? Now, hopefully, doing service is going to lead to being of service. Just like doing gratitude lists leads to having an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, The possibilities are a small step, and then they lead to huge steps. Yeah, so, all right, thanks. Just wanted to take this opportunity to share that view. All right, thank you, Paul. All right, um, we're open for any questions. If anybody has any questions today, you could use the raise hand feature in the more column. Um, and right now I don't see any hands up right now. So I could ask a question and my question, or I, let's see, we do have a couple of hands up. Here we go, Rick. Rick Rowe from Toronto, come on in. Hey everyone, my name's Rick and I'm an alcoholic. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Paul, you just cleared up a lot of stuff for me because I'm in the process right now of, of uh, step four writing or doing the list. Um, one of the things that I've been having a very, very difficult time with is I've been doing the, the, the self, identifying myself as the behavior or uh, of when I was using or drinking and whatever I was doing. Um, so thank you for that. You cleared that part up. As for a question, um, how do I stay in that presence, though? You see, I find that I keep getting... By realizing you can't be out of it, Rick. Okay. By having a realization, no matter what's going on, no matter, no matter how much suction and then expansion is in that presence. It's not against or it's not an, it's not an abstract separate from it. Everything that's happening, all the contracting, all the expanding is happening in presence. Yeah. It's like, you know, a soup bowl doesn't specialize. It just doesn't have chicken soup. It's a bowl. It holds whatever liquid you put in it. Yeah. The right. presence is like that. The gravity. Yeah. 
that you spoke of. Well, the presence is like that bowl. Now, what happens is our interest and attention has been directed to an addiction to self. Yeah. So self is like the comet tail at every comet. So you think you're going there, that's you. You think you went back, that's you. You think, oh, you went there where you shouldn't have, you're fucked. You think, oh, I did the right thing, you're good. Yeah, it's all, but it's all happening in a larger context that you can get a sense of which will bring a lighter meaning to all this other activity of being close, far, fucked up, pretty good, yes? You'll see all these gymnastics, mental gymnastics, though they have a meaning, they don't have to have an overriding meaning. The presence can have the overriding meaning. That's the essence of traveling lighter. Okay. It's not that everything goes great in the coming and going and, you know, volatile conditions changing. What happens is you, as the giver of a lot of meaning, travels lighter. Yes? In other words, instead of trying to control and manage your, your, your environment to get your okayness out of that, you bring okayness to whatever environment you find yourself in. It's a whole different move, yeah? We've tried the one, it's failed us, yeah? Right. We've, that's the dilemma of powerlessness. We figured we can manage and control shit to make ourselves do great. And obviously we have this idea of trickle-down greatness that if I feel good, everyone else will, which is bogus, yeah? It's a, it was a failed system from the get-go, yeah? So now, instead of, all right, I'm going to manage everything out here, just change this, and we can change it, but allow it to be changed, and then how we deal with outside will be completely different. Yeah? It's so incredibly, it's sort of like a very, very different movement, yeah? You know, a lot of us, because of how we've been conditioned, we feel like we have to acquire or earn okayness. Yeah? Oh. And it becomes a, 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 it, it's a, it's a slavery after a while because the rules are always changed. Yeah? They're always changed. So, all right, if you j jump through these seven hoops, yeah? I'm going to allow you to, you know, have a three-month relationship. You get through the seventh hoop, there's another hoop. Yeah, it just goes on. It's like, it's, in, it's almost sadistic in nature. Right. Yeah? And so basically, what, when you were a kid, did you ever, you know, call your mother aside at the playground and ask her to critique your playing? No. You know what I mean? I think Wayne's playing better than I. Maybe I need to take playing class lessons. No, there was none of that. You were just here because you hadn't thought you could be anywhere else. Now we've thought there's been a thought we can be everywhere else, and therefore it seems to be so. But it never changed the fact. We're here. Yeah. Like Jesus supposedly said, it's like it's not childish, but childlike. You're going to be returned to a childlike condition. First and foremost, you're here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here, now. <laughs> Let's start there.
Not that I, I have to do a lot to be here now. I'm here now. <laughs> Let's just end this story that it's, a, that it's an arrival. You're here now, obviously. Yeah? So I don't have to get into the moment. Yeah? All I got to do is question the belief I could be out of the moment, really, and see if it's true or not. Look at all your surveillance cameras. Have you been in all? You have. When you thought you weren't there, there you were. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, it's in a way, it's very, very simple. Yeah? Just hopefully get the right diagnosis, and then the restraints of the solution will be unbound. Yeah? So... How do you get the right diagnosis? That's a great... Um... I'm going to share it with you right now. Oh, okay. Let's say it's, it's okay. the diagnosis I'm sharing. Let's not say it's right. Right. But from, from this member's eye view, I can't see it any other way. I lived under a tyranny. I must have understood something down the road. Yeah? Being Living under extreme addiction, it wasn't revealed at that time, but it has been revealed now what was going on, yeah? Something had me and used me for training. It did. It used this, Paul, to manufacture fucking resentments, misery, shit like that. I just believe there was a mistake of who owned the factory. I don't believe I was running the factory. Mm. I don't. And I still don't believe I'm running the factory now. I believe a higher power is running it, and I believe a lower power was running it before. And that lower power likes misery, likes drama, likes to be right. So therefore, you got to be fucking wrong. Likes to hold grudges, likes to blame, likes to live on, make a lot of excuses. Yeah, that's what it does because it's a failed system. It never leaves me to a condition of being happy, joyous, and free, basically. It says, well, the best I can do is Hawaii. <laughs> the best I can do is not going to jail. Hey, wait a minute. I think I need to have a review about the management team. Yeah? If that's, if that's success, just not going to jail, I need a little higher targets, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the only way how it used to verify its its uh, its value was you're not dead. <laughs> oh, so I'm still alive. Thank you, thank you, great GPS. I'm still alive. You know, when hopefully we've grown out of survival into living. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe the managerial team should be put up to a higher standard. Yeah. You're not dead doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel, see, you can look at resentments as yours and fears as yours. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a transfer of life to the resentment and the fear. You're going to breathe life into it by owning it. And uh, I want to cut off. I want to cut off that air supply. Right. I'm. I'm tired of fucking having shame about something that occurred 33 years ago. That's fucking insane to me. Yeah. Let's cut off 
And the my is what keeps you fucking giving that thing mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the act of being identified. So, you know, let the thing go, yeah? Jesus Christ. If Is it true or not? Were you powerless over your behavior after you drank or used? If you were, then why are you allowing the mental state to harvest tons of guilt and shame based on you being the doer of those behaviors? You're in cognitive dissonance about the first step, obviously. Yeah? Either you were powerless or not. Were you powerless about the drinking but everything else you did while under the influence? Give me a break. Yeah? Give me a break. Oh, I learned that behavior. I never learned to get on all fours on a carpet and look for cocaine. Never. I didn't learn that in school. I didn't learn that from my family. My family, my father didn't bring me over. Paul, inevitably in this life, you're going to be getting down on all fours. And, you know, you may see little lint and think it's coke, but don't be fooled. No, never heard of that. Because they that was that never fucking happened. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> How can you keep letting this thing fucking st steal life from your ass? Really? Only because we're not seeing it clearly. Why is it that it doesn't most people go out around the fourth step? Because the fourth step is about looking to see your role in thing, and if you if you look to see your role in things, you're going to see self's role in things. You are. Sooner or later, you are. Yeah? And once you see that, wow. See, it loves not to be noticed. Yeah? That's how it thrives. When you recognize it, and that's how, when it, it appears, it will be framed as false evidence. And then it will not appear to be real to you anymore. Because you will ha now will have the eyes to see because you've recognized self in your life. Exactly how it feels. Recognizing life from self all day, you'll recognize self in your life. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not saying, I'm just sharing my view of the steps. I'm not trying to change the steps, but obviously it's, the inventory is presented one way, and then in the book it's also presented another way, which is looking at self's manifestations. I tend to go that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a wave after taking responsibility. I think it's a wave of arriving at accountability. Yeah. Which does not breathe life to behaviors of 34 years ago. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm not ruminating why my dog shat on my neighbor's lawns for 42 years. I would be maybe if I took the shit on the lawn, but it's clear I'm not the dog. Yeah, I cleaned it up. I made amends. I changed the dog's behavior. So there you go. <laughs> I just don't. That's how I see it. Yeah, I did the amends. Yeah. All that I did didn't make me a person. It didn't. Yeah. I'm not a good person. I'm not a bad person. I think the, the idea of being a person is suspect 
in the first place. But there's a mixture of everything, yeah? To be stuck in one based on what I did 34 years ago, that to me is insanity. Yeah. Yeah, so... You know, you can have it explained based on you tons of ways better than I ever would. But I didn't hear it explained this way in my years in recovery. I didn't. Yeah? And that's why we're attempting to share it. Because it has the right to be available. It does. Yeah? The other stuff is abundantly available. Abundantly. Almost everyone's leading people through the steps based on it's your shit. You got to do that. That's fine. I'm not in any argument with it. But it is in the book, a new way of looking at it. It's there, page 64, out of the big book. Yeah? At that, I'm in that camp, because that's what worked with me. Yeah? I saw alcoholism as a parasitical movement, really. It's living off the host. And where the host, and that idea of being the host is represented by the word us. In that, that statement on page 64, we are of the us, not of self. Yeah? We're in the bondage of self as us. Yeah? The us is bonded, is in the bondage of self. We're not self. So, I could be wrong, I could be right, but I believe we have the right to hear it. That's the whole point. I like... Man, I'm so happy some of the stuff I've heard in this life, yeah? I could have lived a whole life without hearing it, but I did hear it. And I really honor that possibility, yeah? Let the person decide if it has value or not, but at least have it out there to be heard, yeah? That's why I'm so jazzed up about this platform, because I can just put it out there you can discard it or not, but it's there for ones who, you know, if it, if it works with you, far out. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. I don't want to go, like, to be the 800, you know, video of how to do it with the same format. Yeah. I mean, with the same starting point and end point. You, 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 you. I think that you has a lot to do with whatever else is happening. Let's question that. Yeah? You were upset before you drank or used. You were. There was agitation that was causing a need to get relief. It didn't come from drinking or using. Drinking and using was a solution. What is that? Yeah? That head, that's, that talking in your head didn't stop when you got sober, did it? It just changed uh, wardrobes, really. It adapted to a, a recovery way of life. But it's still the same infection. Yeah. So. Yes. So let's say there's 20 ways of lock, unlocking a door, but you've only heard 18. 
it would be nice to hear two more. Maybe the 20th one's going to work for you. Yeah? Yeah. No, there's only 18 ways. No, there's two more ways. <laughs> I'm not saying this is the way. I have no dog in the hunt. I'm just moved to share. Yeah, because I'll tell you, if everyone was super happy, joyous, and free, I would never have brought this shit up. I wouldn't have. But I don't see... You know, I see there's a lot of uh, agitation in recovery. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, so. Yeah, all right, thanks, bro. Nice to see you, Rick, yeah. Awesome, Paul. You got me cracking up on that, looking on the ground for something you know you didn't drop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We Crazy. We have... Yeah, we have four hands up. Chris, we have uh, we have Chris L come in with a hand up, and let me ask him to unmute. And we have three more hands up after this, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hello. Um. So, I'm. Uh, it's been seven years since I had a drink, and we were just speaking about the agitation and recovery. Uh, once COVID hit. They shut down meetings around my town and, and I very auspiciously got uh, an opportunity to start speaking to some people like you showed up. I'm involved with TAT right now over on the East Coast. and uh, But I come from recovery and, and, I, and I what you were saying about I mean I can tell you for sure that the desire to drink went away pretty quick. However, reading the book and the line that you constantly talk about on page 64, it, it didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. And I was getting agitated. I mean, there was just a lot of confusion and I mean, to work the steps and things got much, much better. And the voice in my head wasn't so terrible and all that. And it's, I have a lot to be grateful for, but there was still this seeking going on, which was, uh, it really picked up momentum and I'm just, I, you popped up on a YouTube thing earlier today. Cause I pipe it through my, my work headphones, I wear a helmet at work and I can Bluetooth it. And you popped up after an Ajashanti talk I was listening to. And it's not the first time I heard you anything, man, but I can, I can hear you now. I can like this stuff it, it, and is making sense. I can't, <laughs> I can't find, there's no self to be found aside from the thoughts about this self. And that doesn't, that's not to say I have, there's been some experience of whatever, emptiness or nothingness or whatever, but there's, it's, it's getting through. It's getting through. I'm going like this rather than like that. And, doership like i just noticed on the way home there may or may not be thoughts involved when i take a left or right turn and a lot of the time if there are no thoughts involved on that left or right turn there'll be one afterwards that'll come in and say hey you just took that left turn and it tallies yeah. up to this character 
it's just notice, man. I guess I just wanted to say thanks because you're pretty consistent with all of this. And I know well, yeah, the noticing is the the noticing is uh is like the digestion of a book, so to speak. Yeah, you're noticing it and uh and an understanding gets formed, yeah. 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 So, so when you first heard this message, this non-dual. Did you have a period where you could you started to understand before there was an experience of knowing, I guess? Well, I don't believe I don't see as an experience, but yeah, yeah, I had uh I was in recovery first and things were I didn't have a jacket to put on the understanding, but the understanding was there. And then things I ran into after that uh, allowed it to be dressed up so it could be seen, yeah? So non-duality, I had recovery sort of inevitably takes you to the, that there is no self, I feel. And so uh, it was nice to hear it at the, at the beginning point. Yeah, I could see through the program there is no self, but then there is no self as the starting point. Yeah, which I liked with non-duality. So non-duality has just been a beautiful illumination of the program of recovery. Yeah, that's all. That's a lot, actually, but yeah. So, but the noticing uh, is already there. It just needs to be framed in a way that the action figure can put it on and have an understanding that allows it to travel lighter here. But we are, we are what we are. It doesn't matter how it's appearing. So, uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, it's just more. Uh, Like this, let's say there's a, you have a towel and you're, <clears throat> and you're going like this a lot and some liquids coming out of it. It would be hard to, to really be able to describe it to you as the Paul Hedeman experience. Yeah, so Paul Hedeman has gotten just, and then drops come out and then, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. It's so ingrained now. I don't see it as a topic or anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I just, that's how I see things. So it's cool. But I, I believe people can grow into an understanding. Yeah. And understanding can, can come after or it can become before. Yeah. In my case, I felt like it, it came after. And yet here we can share it and hopefully offer an understanding that there'll be a growing into. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's all. The aha is the exact same. The aha. Yeah, it's, it doesn't matter how it seems to occur because it only seems to occur that way. It appears to occur that way. But it, there's no appearance. There's no occurring of it. Yeah? So it doesn't matter... Is it like, 
you know, is the understanding leading to something or there's that something leading to an understanding? It doesn't matter which way. Yeah. So I had a sense of, you know, I would, you know, a lot of times you're speaking from what somebody would call a topic of Course in Miracles or non-duality and you've never been introduced to the Course in Miracles or non-duality, yeah? And then someone gets in touch with you and you say, hey, that sounds exactly like the Course in Miracles. Then you read it and you go, wow, so you had something, you didn't, but there was, there was, like a nakedness of something, and then it was, oh, that fit, that suit fits really well. Yeah? Course in Miracles. Or non-duality fits perfectly. Yeah? But there, there was, uh, you didn't grow into the fit. The, the thing was there, and then it found a fit. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can see going through some of this stuff just on a daily now been about two weeks where it just made sense to look for what I'm not I guess which is yeah well it's not hard to you're not it's not hard to find <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there's like a conceptual like oh yeah you're not going to be able to find something that's not there like exactly know? which is to me you know it, it's just it might be a small insight but it made a huge difference because I just felt like and I'm using I a lot. It's like, it's the swarm of I, man. It's just like this, I keep picturing like the, you know, this I thought being like all those busted up satellites you see junking around the planet and those big earth, you know, the earth satellites don't even work anymore. They're all just floating around up there and projecting. <laughs> down. But the good imagery. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's how, that's how, uh, that virgin aspect of mind gets it. It starts imagining images to depict something. Yeah, that's part of the understanding and sort of uh, getting it, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Cool. Yeah, the, uh, see, the thing is, most of the time before, <clears throat> we didn't see what was implying the premise. The premise was just a given. Yeah? yeah, we live from the premise of selfing. Now, now you see the activity of the selfing, and you're not buying the premise. Yeah, yeah. so the the emphasis has moved. So before, you started as a self, looking at these thoughts that were reinforcing the self. Yeah. You didn't you didn't see what was actually happening. Now, the self hasn't. You're not. You're not starting from self. You're just seeing all the pointing and then the imagining of the moon. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Instead of, yeah, yeah. It's just a little shift of attention, but it makes a, a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. See, most people start from self. Yeah. Their mm -hmm. story starts from self. So... When that doesn't, when that's not the starting point, you see everything else differently. Yeah. You see all the mental activities quite differently when they're not yours. <laughs> when you just see them as activities. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge difference.
So, all right, bro. Nice, nice to see you, Chris. Keep yeah. coming back if you like. All right, Paul. Next up, we have uh, Jason. Jason, you have a question, Paul? Ask to mute. Come on in, Jason. Yeah, we have that unmute thing. All right. Can you hear Thank me? You. Yes. Yes. All right. Hey, Paul. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for. I enjoy this. I, you know, I had to have a question, but I just have a, a quick comment that to me, part of the big book that, that really confirms what you're saying is on page 30 when it says, we are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. It's like, I don't have alcoholism. It has me. And those are very different ways of looking at the same thing. And uh, I've been using like the idea of the parasite with sponsees and people I'm working with that are young in recovery and they instantly get it. It's like, it makes so much, so much sense. And it pulls a lot of the guilt and the shame off of the process. It's really great. So I'm glad I tuned in. So here's my question. Um, Page 84 in the big book, it talks about taking the 10th step. And I experienced that as taking it in real time. And it says, uh, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. And then it goes on from there with the rest of the directions. But the area. Well, that well, let me just jump in. That's six and seven right there. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, putting sticks. It's step 10 rolls of the whole thing into one big piece. Yeah. yeah. But here's my question. And, and, or it's a commentary first. It says, continue when these crop up, you know, they're like little weeds that pop up off the ground. My personal experience so far is that for the most part, I don't observe them until they've created some disturbance in me. And then I can pause and look at them and, and see what's going on. But I've been wondering, is there a further refinement where you can kind of see them under the surface yes. before they yes. pop up into disturbance. And yes. how do you get there? Cause I don't, I'm not there yet. I'm just not. So. Well, you are there, but there's a, there's a conceptual there. You believe you're not at, but you mm-hmm. are there. Mm-hmm. It's just more will be revealed. Yeah. See, there's a, see, there's fuck it. Yeah. And then there's, things that lead to fuck it. So let's say you see like three links that lead to fuck it when there's maybe six links, yeah? So the more will be revealed is you start seeing like the the conception point of the fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And it it's not like... Uh, there's a sense that you got to the last of the links, yeah? Yeah, it's the, yeah. you basically, in other words, you saw the beast from tail to head. You don't need to, that's a whole new ball game then. Yeah. Because there's, it's only at the fuck it that it becomes inc- incredibly dualistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it, in the beginning, it's just activity, and then there's meaning given to it. Yeah, and then it hits you, it leads to a fuck it, let's say. And then that fuck it can break through the membrane of 
what's happening in a thought realm and action realm. Yeah. And then suddenly there's a crossover and then there's an action which leads to consequences and effects. Yeah. That prolong the imagined story that it's been trying to promote. Yeah. So it's drive is not to be noticed at conception for sure. Definitely not be noticed at the, when it's leafing. Yeah. And hopefully not notice when you can start seeing the form it's taking, but see, that's the, the, what's more, what's more, that thing that's, there's going to constantly be more revealed is just that the camera will be moved back more. Yeah. It isn't like it wasn't happening. You'll just be seeing it more. Yeah. There's not more seeing in a way, but they're seeing it more. Yeah. So yeah. that's it. So the real point on one level is to keep a very clear membrane of what's going on in the mental realm and then the physical expression happening. Yeah. Because we know what occurs when that occurs as an addict. Yeah. Then the dog whistle goes out to authorities. You're up on stalking charges, you know, a lot of fucking shit where you may, you may believe it's not an ink tattoo, but it sure feels like an ink tattoo. <laughs> so now you're trying to wash it off with a flimsy idea of non-duality. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're, uh, it's fine, bro. The conception is, it's just thought. Then it has it starts being given a meeting and it leads to a contractive fuck it, yeah. But it doesn't start out that way. It's actually the observing of it from the mental state, not from awareness, from the mental state that starts giving it meaning. It's us that makes up Frankenstein, so to speak. Yeah. It's just an idea, but then it's given meaning by the observer, which isn't us, yeah. It's not. Yeah. That's what gives it the meaning it has by the time it arrives at fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're kind of saying don't get in the cop and thief mode. That's yeah, well, that's the work. point. When it doesn't become, uh, when it doesn't break off into that, uh, it's basically, it could be used as a salad or you can smoke it, you know, it's sort of like, it's got a lot more, it's, it's way defined usually by the time people start noticing it, it's already policeman thief activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but bro, yeah, you're fine, man. Just, uh, more will be revealed and it's not the revelation. The revelations don't stay the emptiness, the presence is the, is what's always here. Yeah? So there's realizations come in and shit like that, but they just basically, hopefully their, their true value is emphasizing the no value of everything and, that, and the huge value in nothing. Yeah? To me. Mm. But that's getting out there. That's Wednesday, Saturday territory. In yeah, the talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing that my sponsor always tells me is just trust the process. Yes. Like that's yeah. what I'm hearing you're saying is just trust it. It's happening. Yeah. yeah, see, first of all, the program deals with the past 
expressions of the insane shit. Now it wants to keep it into the interior where it can be dealt with more clearly without bringing in the authorities and divorce courts and shit like that. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, there may be a little agitation and discomfort, but it's a lot different than sitting in jail for 30 days. So just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's good. It's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. Yeah. You too. Good to see you. Like that's one of the things we're shooting for. Let the insanity stay in. <laughs> let it let it not go out. Yeah. So like I have a little definition of an alcoholic and a recovered alcoholic. The alcoholic calls you after they drink, the recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink. That's sort of like what I'm talking about. Let's keep the insanity in the membrane of not leaving footprints. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's, yeah. Let the sand of life be undisturbed, no matter how disturbed you are. Because once it takes, makes some footprints, you're going to be beholden to it, yes? Yeah, it's going to exact something from us. So, yeah. I think that's monumental for keeping it on the other side of the curtain. (laughs) That's an incredible, that's like called the dam of grace. (laughs) The dam of grace is keeping that fucking thing out of manifest, you know, it's manifesting, but it's not taking form yet. Fucking great. Once it takes form, fuck, yeah. Then the desire to get out of the circumstances will override most wisdom and you'll just fucking try to get loaded just to forget for a little while. Yeah? It can get that unbearable. People, and a lot of people go out like after 20 years and stuff. Yeah, because the mental state, the disease is still appearing. It's still producing shadows that seem real. Yeah? And so there's a response finally, and you fuck it. And then you drink, and now the obsession comes back. And the craving that you thought you're never going to have again is eating you up, yeah? You got to keep that fucker in the closet. And you and I can't do it, but something can, yeah? And it's important. It's really at the point of false evidence appearing real, yeah? If the false evidence appears real to us enough, it's going to appear as evidence out there. Yeah? But see, why false evidence keeps appearing real to us is we're rooted in false evidence. We're identified as self. That's false evidence to the extreme. So, like it says in the book, we couldn't discriminate true from false exactly because of the act of being identified as self yeah because the discrimination is based on false evidence yeah that's now that's why it's not reliable that's why things appear more like a hallucination really you see something as a threat you act out and then you realize five minutes later it wasn't a threat your girlfriend wasn't thinking those thoughts you think she was thinking but now fucking you've done something yeah 
So in a way, we're hoping to establish a clear, yeah, like you used to say, don't drink no matter what. In a way, don't let their thoughts out no matter what. <laughs> and how does that happen? Not of our own power, but of a higher power. Yeah? That's what gives us the luxury to sit here in this Zoom. If that false evidence was causing action to appear, we would we we'd be in a we'd be we'd be in a under a camera, but it would be the one in the police station that they that goes by and checks you in the cell. <laughs> it wouldn't be sitting on a nice couch on a Zoom. I mean, sometimes we're we're looking ahead so far, we don't have the gratitude of the state we're in now. Yeah. Fuck. It's sort of like, you know how in the commerce of America, they deal with this thing in a weird way. Free returns, you know. We buy a lot of shit <laughs> that we don't need, but then we get a get-out-of-jail-free card. We can return it. But these behaviors from front, fuck it, you can't return. There's no re free return. They're remembered by people and by authorities, yeah, and by you. Yes? The thought isn't, but the action will be. Yeah? So no matter how crazy it may seem, it has been completely put in check because it's not being able to be flamboyant and drive you to an action all fucking day. Yeah? So yeah, it doesn't like being in that steaming cage from its point of view. So it's yelping like my little dog does. Yeah? But fuck it. It's a lot better than it biting a neighbor and shit. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about the stars, but you got to remember where the shoes are. And your shoes aren't standing in shit right now. Hallelujah. I mean, literally, hallelujah. Yet, but they could. Yeah? If you're rooted still in false evidence, a false evidence is going to be appealing enough that you're going to act upon it. The real immunity to false evidence is not taking yourself to be self. I'm telling you, really. That's the that's the start of false evidence. So, yeah. Remember that when you were walking around whatever town you're in, for me it was San Francisco, had no fucking money, had no place to live. I would just walk around, try to go to a friend's house. They may have liquid acid that expired. I take it anyway. Give me a beer, whatever. You know what I mean? Like like a monk in in uh, Asia, you know, with the bowl. I had my little begging bowl, but I was looking for fucking relief, and I had no money buy it myself. Talk about being devoted like a monk. I was enslaved to this shit. Yeah? 
I had no ability to enjoy anything. It was all sucked out of me. I had to have a stimulant. Yeah? Fucking insane. We've been freed from that. Yeah. Yeah. So the fucking dog barks a little. So what? Learn how to deal with it. It's easy. See, it is not your dog, first of all. Yeah? And definitely not you. Please. Because if it's you barking, you may like might you may you might let it out and then fucking there's no way there's gonna be hell to pay, probably. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So I'm stoked. My whole life is based on what happened by by being struck sober. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to be sitting around here on a Zoom. I'd be begging for money somewhere or fucking shooting shit up that I hope was narcotics, like incense. Yeah. Oh, no, you'd be cooler. No, no, probably not. So, yeah. Get to the root. We're close, you know. If you're not acting out out there, you're close. Yeah? That's where you use six and seven. You're in the you're you're in the nest of where the problem resides, the mind. Yeah? That's where you use six and seven. When it starts coming up, you bring it over to the power. Yeah. And let it reconfigure it. Let let that power extract the faith that's in it and put it into this moment so you can feel an ease and comfort based on the faith you have that you're being taken care of instead of the mental state squeezing out the fucking faith and false evidence and fuck it's and everything else. Yeah. You're a natural resource. Something's going to squeeze something out of you. Yeah. It's going to be faith. It's either going to be put into the finite self which is not the better way, or it will be directed towards the infinite, which is the better way. But you're up for grabs. You're like a giant mine full of fucking uh, jewels. Yeah. This head, this parasite wants you. It wants to use you to express itself through. It can't enter out here without us. Yeah. And the higher power would like to use us. But, the, but how we're going to be used is so completely different than under the old employer, under the new employer. Yeah, But you're going to have an employer. Something's going to use you this life. Yes, something is going to use you, either the spirit or the mental. But you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate thing. You're a possibility. Yeah? And something can make more possibility through you or fucking kill you. Not kill you, but some, just fucking put you into like a suspended an animation and use you. Yeah? The same old, same old. And you get to be alone and you get to be right. That's it. We're all in the better way now. Yeah. Recognize the system, the activity, 
that is trying to take the faith, trying to take the faith that we are and put it into false evidence. Yeah, hold on a second. It's sort of, uh, that was very symbolic of a certain way of sobriety. Yeah? My, my charger was plugged into a, to a thing, but there was, that thing wasn't on. So it looked like I was connected. Ev everyone who would come in the room would say, oh yeah, he's connected. But there was no juice coming through. And I just saw the message, your battery's at 10%. What? I thought it was charging. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> That's like, you know, having too many years and not enough days. Yeah. I've been charging for 34 years. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Thank God I could see the message. I could turn on the stupid light. Yeah. <laughs> I hopefully that's all happened for all of us here. Yeah? We got the message. You're fucked. And we allowed the light to turn on. Now we're being charged by the program. The program is not the source of the grace, but it's allowing the grace to come into our lives. Yeah? And then more shit will allow to be to carry grace into our lives. It's not just going to be through this one fucking... AA isn't a jealous God. AA is like an umbrella or a basis or a design for living. It allows a lot of other designs to cohabitate, yeah? It's about the conscious contact. Yes. So, yeah. All right. Anyone else, uh, whoever might? Yeah. yeah, Paul, we have one more question. Is it coming from Andy today? And then it'll be our last question for today. Andy, come on. Actually, I'm There you go. I can't hear him. I can't hear him. Andy, could you speak up, please? You may need to shave a little bit, Andy, today. Uh, can you hear me now, Paul? Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, Andy, high power, that's me. Right. Um, been 13 months now, Paul, since I first come in, and Luke and Graham brought me to you. Um, I didn't understand the book 12 months ago, and it's been almost 11 months now to the day that I thank you for saving my life. Because I could not, um, as identifying myself as an addict and not using self, um, as putting myself into the action figure, self and higher power mode, I couldn't get my head around that. Um, once I realised I was listening to self or selfing, let's just say self, I could put self into a box um, in my head type of thing. And then I lost interest in self. And my head went completely quiet. It was actually really scary for about the first three months. Um, there was nothing there, completely nothing. 
and then it was so strange. And it's been like that ever since. Um, I've introduced this into certain sponsees and the parasite, and it's worked absolute wonders for some of them. Others, they don't get it and they haven't, they've relapsed, but the ones that get it um, so far haven't relapsed. I just wondered, um, Teray, obviously your clean time, has there been any point or could you give any advice on um, any states that has ever set self off right to the extreme of when, say, you first came in and the obsession with self was really strong? Is there any put any like uh, conditions like uh, anxiety, stress, trauma that I could do without, I could do with like watching not to get into to set self off? Or is it quiet completely? I didn't understand that so much, but you're talking about trauma and anxiety? Yeah, I was, um, obviously I try and live every day as um, stress-free as possible. Yeah. But if you have some stuff, uh, there are ways, skillful means and stuff to have it relieved. Yeah. Yeah, I just wondered if there was like, um, have you ever experienced any like um points in I, I don't need you to go first have you ever experienced any points in your life where self has really kicked off to the point of when you first came in uh no not in a while i had uh i had a uh a, a situation that lasted for months that the system itself lived out was was alarmed all the time but it wasn't uh it had even forgone the uh, selfing it was just fucking screaming in terror <laughs> all day pretty much and uh but i didn't act out and i didn't die so it it worked itself out but yes but that when that occurred i I found uh, acupuncture, yeah, and um, the acupuncture helped quite a lot because the energy of the body was wanting to leave, and so the and the organs were stressed out, and the head was just going off like five alarm fire. It was, but not saying much. It was just an abject terror, so to speak, almost like a panic attack, but a. a uh, like a long-lasting panic attack, like for months, yeah, with different peaks, uh, where if it would hit a certain peak, I'd have to drive no matter where I was as fast as I could home and lay down. And I used to put money in an envelope on the nightstand so my uh, my roommates wouldn't be inconvenienced by the dead body. You know, I had such a strong feeling of termination that was had a lot of uh, evidence supporting it yeah so <laughs> but there was nothing I could do to a certain point I could lay on an acupuncture table but I couldn't change what was happening and I didn't want to I wasn't moved to drink or use and I didn't pass away so things ha adapted over time and you know yeah you know the car got totally 
change, but these, the same emblem Paul is on it. <laughs> but the car, the car wasn't like the old car, so, so to speak. Yeah, it was whatever. So, but if a lot of us have gone through a lot of trauma and drama, and some of it's stored, and I find mostly the easiest access point is through the body. I like, and it, I did, I don't do any now, but energetic body work I used to find uh, relief from, from trauma and stuff. Yeah, because like I got run over by a car, that impact was on the body, but was also taken in, yeah, into the body, like an impact, like a contraction as if I'm going to get whacked at any moment. So that... Uh, there was no talking it out of it. Yeah, you'd, I needed to do some other stuff. So, yeah. Right. So I did, uh, I, I would just run, you know, magically like an AA. I'd run into a solution that I was needing. And then I'd meet someone and they would work on it and they'd allow, uh, it's like the reconfiguring of step six and seven, but it was done physically. Yeah. The energy was sort of stuck in a certain posture and then the person the uh, person helped me with that changing i couldn't seem to allow it to occur myself so yeah so that's right. i hope that's close to what you're asking about yeah this is trusting the process the process trusting the process leads you to being to trust other processes <laughs> that's what happens if it's necessary yeah, you're going to find things that will work that further the agenda of us being of, of being of maximum use. You know, that's just how it works. Yeah. 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 And they're not all in and of AA. They're they're here. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So. Yeah. But I, I'm not a, I don't like in my own experience. I don't like talking stuff out much. No. I just no. rather, uh, yeah, just whatever. Yeah, brilliant. I think I'm if I was a therapist, what I would do would just take people to the cold ocean and have them jump in without a wetsuit, and all their seeming problems would have disappeared. Yeah, so that's how real they are. So, yeah. Things seem so real based on conditions. If you change the conditions, they're not real at all. How real is it? Yeah. So this is the thing. So sometimes uh, a physical jolt will sh uh, show a show a fact of reality to us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can live a life of of having physical jolts, but every once in a while, I think it's good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. I think I'm about ready for non-duality now after 12 months. Uh, <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> well, keep hearing from Andy. I, thank you. Yeah. Awesome talk today, Paul. Thank you so much. It's about all the, all the hands we have up for today. All right, great. Let's say hello to everybody and thank you for your time, Paul. Oh, no problem. So there's Mike. Nice to see you, Mike. 
Mike O, always a pleasure. Mickey, you did a great job last week, Mickey, running the show. Yeah, yeah. You can be the head of my stable at any time. Yes. We got Justin. Nice to see you, Justin. Oh, Nikki, always a pleasure from BC, Canada. We got Walter from the Netherlands. We got Helen from Northern England. Always a pleasure to see you, Helen. Tom from, uh, is it Tom Keene from New Hampshire or Tom from Keene, New Hampshire? <laughs> I used to live in Keene. Yeah, no, Tom in Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, I used to live in Keene, New Hampshire. I used to party around uh, Franklin Pierce College and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Nathaniel Hawthorne College also. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have me as a student, but I used yeah. to take showers there. Yeah, we're still kicking here in Keene. Yeah, I like it up there. It's beautiful. I lived in Washington a little while, little town, and uh, uh, we lived on Lake Sunapee and shit. Yeah. Yeah, Washington, that's the boonies, man. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but the cops found us there too. Yeah. It didn't take them that long. <laughs> All right. Nice to see you. We got Carl. Carl N. Nice to see you. Joseph, as always. Pleasure. Jacob. Yes. Paul. Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be t-shirt weather soon. Yeah, yeah. Better get your best ones ready, bro. We got Jess, Jess from Ireland. Nice to see you, Jess. Chris, pleasure to see you. I don't know where you're from. It says more speech. Mm. Yeah. We got Jono from the UK and from Chicago at the moment. She's uh, sending me great gifts lately. We got Kurt. I got so many Supreme decals now. <laughs> I got tons of them. We got Kurt Z. Always a pleasure, Kurt. Let, yeah, let that lady know she can call me. Yeah. Ruby Rose. Ruby, are you the Ro Ruby that got me on that radio thing years ago? No. Oh. I don't. I don't know. No, no, you're not. But it's nice to meet you, Ruby. Yeah, it's good to meet you, too. I enjoy it. Good. We got Rick Rowe from Toronto. Nina, we forgot Tina and Mina. It's just Nina. Nice to see you, honey. Kaiser. Hey, Nina, I'm going to announce when we, if we drive down to L.A. I don't know. We may be going there sooner or later. I'll let you know. Jason from San Diego. Kerry, he's back in Minnesota. Ah, uh, the tan is gone. The shorts are gone. The pineapples are gone. The acai bowls are gone. Yes, it's okay. Michael Stacy, but you are still here. We got Leah. Always a pleasure, Leah. We got Sharon. Nice to see you, Sharon. Andy, yep. Angel D. She's uh, busy making something. Nice to see you, Angel. Uh, let's see. We got Lisa W., Rebecca H., 
Carl from Georgia, Andy from there, Jeff N, Andy G. Uh, yeah. All right, folks. Thank you so much. We'll be here tomorrow night, Thursday in the day. It's all on zenbitchslap.com. And uh, what a privilege, seriously. <laughs>